1: Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud
2: sponsor of the Score Nord Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. with Rami. Loving the addition to the show, the uh, the gyro addition to the show. That's Welcome right. to the show, Jeff.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. We're more ready than he was. <laughs> it's Mackie and Jeff with Rami on the all-new Score North and scorenorth.com, skornorth.com. And good news, all of our shows... Not just the Mackie and Jubb with Rami show, but all of our Score North shows and feeds are now available on Spotify. Nice. If you are a spot, I didn't realize like twenty percent of podcast listeners listen on Spotify. Really? It's like fifty percent Apple, twenty percent Spotify. So all of you Spotify listeners, thank you very much. Thank you. And you can uh, you can check us out on Spotify now. Appreciate it. And so yeah, Mackie and Jubb with Rami and producer Jonathan. Let's not mention him. We're not mentioning him today. I don't even, I don't, I'm just going to pretend he's what not happened? over there. What happened?
3: Like I, I, this I, was aggressive. I was just in the studio with Matt Collar. It was unnecessarily aggressive. Totally unnecessary. I, did, I didn't do anything to provoke this dude. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't no, it, you, you came didn't,
1: in 15 minutes early, in early for a segment. I came
3: in early to do a segment with Collar about why I love baseball. And, Phil, you you saw the email that went staff-wide of, <laughs> hey, when we're coming in and doing these segments, I I, don't know. I had that laugh of his. When we're coming in and doing these segments, do you any any sound that you want to set you up coming out of the break? And I said, anything from the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. And this joker, he comes out of my break with a, the Bartman clip. And then he goes, oh, you wanted something from the World Series? And plays a clip of the, the Cardinals of all teams well, I mean, winning a World Series. What, did I, what a, did I do to
0: deserve this? Let's take a look at this time stamp okay. of this email. Yes. 326. Yes. it was... A little an hour and twenty six <laughs> minutes into, and you have been a producer fly. for a long. How hard is it to portion? go to YouTube and find a clip of the Cubs winning
3: the World Series? It's not I mean, that hard.
0: If I had known beforehand, I could have or gotten it. Or just no it, clip. How about no me, clip? Like, how about instead of Bartman? How about minutes? just? How about just no clip? You know, and you said you won a World Series. It's the only World Series one I had. So and my pre- with it. at my previous stop, I, I I trained
3: producers for a while, and I told I told them that if to, boiling down your job to its simplest form. <laughs> You're here to make that host job easier and to make him look better. How did you do either of those things by playing those clips? Yeah, Jonathan? Point. How did you do either
0: of those things by playing those clips? Because this rage that you have is good for ratings. It's good for listeners. People like people upset on the radio. I think I did a good
1: job. You
3: got that. I can't even argue
0: with that. Damn I love it. the troll job. I love this troll job. The Bartman clip is painful you. to listen to. I owe you. The, you want to listen again? The Bartman no. clip is I painful. I want to hear it again. I, it's no. painful. Is this the, painful. the Dan Schulman
2: radio call? No. I was on the board at a previous radio stop when that happened. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. It was, and I was a Cubs fan too. Actually, you know What I take that back. No, I was on the board for Game Seven. I think. Okay, <laughs> maybe even worse.
0: <laughs> Do we have the clip? The Bartman one? Yeah, we've got it. Why are we doing this again? Why is this happening again? This is, this Just keep a, note, I didn't ask for it this time.
3: Now you're on my bleep list. Why are you asking for this
1: again? What, 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 are, we, what are we even doing here? This is painful, though.
2: It's so painful. It was fan
1: interference. It right was fan by, over. like, three other fans They'll as well. well. Down
0: there, Mike okay. on right. the
2: play if Alou has to reach into the stands, that's hilarious. You know, if it was if it was more publicized that Moises Alou peed on his hands, the fans would have backed away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
1: getting near him. Well, and and then he acted like a complete baby, jumping up and down and protest. That's why. That's why Bartman. I think it got so bad. Yes, because Alou acted like he had been shot. Right. Yeah. But can I tell you something?
3: And everybody says, and look, Bartman did not deserve what he got, okay? He didn't deserve that. Shouldn't have. But, but he's not without fault. And I've heard a lot of people say what Jonathan said, which is that, oh, well, three or four other guys were reaching for that ball. They're all idiots. They're all stupid. And I can tell you, and this is an absolutely true story. You can call my mom right now if you want, and she will confirm it. I was watching that game with my mom at home. That pop fly goes in the air and I'm watch, I'm tracking the ball and I'm see, and I see the idiots, Bartman included, reaching for the ball and I'm screaming at my TV. It felt like that ball was up there in the air forever. I'm screaming at my TV. Get back! Get back! I'm screaming at the people who are reaching for the ball. So to say, like, if you were in that moment, you would have done the same thing, I can absolutely 100% without a doubt say I would not have done the same thing. I, indeed, would have been pushing other fans away from the railing and away from the ball and protecting Moises Alou and letting him catch so, it. So
2: since what happened happened uh-huh. and and I agree have some have some in-game awareness. Okay, if you're sitting in those seats it's your responsibility. I'm I'm with Rami on that one. Thank it's not you. like oh like I my, you know I didn't know what was going. I'm at a baseball game like he you know, he's got the headphones on. He's all like in, right? Like, dude's a right? diehard baseball sure, fan. Right? He okay. should know. So, uh, did he get the proper consequence, which was two decades, nearly no. in exile? No, like I said, okay, he didn't deserve that. I was that. hoping you'd say yes. No, actually. but he was the first.
3: A lot of dominoes <laughs> had to fall. I just said this with Collar. A lot of dominoes had to fall for them to lose that World Series, to lose that NLCS. He was just the first domino. Now that 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 means that he doesn't deserve all the crap that he got, but he doesn't get a free pass altogether either. He screwed up. He screwed up. He made a mistake. Do we know if if, I can't if believe we're, we're talking him. about this? If we're him.
2: We're now leading the
3: show with this. I do not believe we're leading the show with this.
0: It, <laughs> it's Jonathan's fault, not ours. Jonathan, you go straight to By hell. the way,
2: we have Viking speculation. i have already got
0: one caller who called in. I'm enjoying this segment. <laughs> so. Well, the fact that we we'll have Viking
1: speculation soon though, for those of you who hate <laughs> us right now, we're sorry. The fact that this is as annoyed as I've seen you by something. Since you started at this station, yeah. is fantastic. Here's my question though: Do we know for sure? Because I, speaking for myself, I don't know if we're in those seats and there's a pop fly coming that we would handle it perfectly. I would and, have, and I wouldn't want to catch yes, the ball. I would have. I wouldn't want to catch the ball, but if I feel like I'm trapped and I can't get out of the way enough, I don't know that I wouldn't screw it up. I, first of all, like the, I, I've I've been to hundreds of baseball games in my life i've
2: never gotten a foul ball for one which is like i just would love to get a foul ball at some point i got two at one game once i'm you, sorry go ahead you bastard <laughs> that's not quite the day i would game. love at some point but okay. i think if you're sitting if you're sitting at a playoff game game six front row. like like are front row and you've got your headphones on because you're so obsessed with the cubs you're listening to the broadcast thank right? you i think you have to have a little more awareness Thank you. I, I think you do. And but, I think I think it's fair to say that if you're sitting in those seats, you should, it should almost be like when you get on a plane yeah. and you're in the exit row yeah, and someone comes up to you before the plane takes off and says, hey, I need everyone's attention, headphones off. If bleep hits the fan, will you help us? Like if this, if we have a water landing, okay, Bill over there in mm-hmm. 26A, yep. Bill, I need you, eye contact Bill, I need you <laughs> to open that door. And help people get out, right? I think we need that for baseball games. If you're sitting in the front row, anywhere, like, pretty much anywhere along the, the ushers edge, right? should come yeah. around hey, and everyone, say, hey. everyone, everyone, Attention, everyone. <laughs> exactly, listen, okay? yes. I love this idea.
1: Don't, don't. I love confu- that idea. Verbal
2: don't, confirmation. Are you willing to back away from the wall? Don't
1: confuse awareness with coordination, though.
2: Well, no, no, but,
1: don't, but coordination, I doesn't, see, coordination doesn't. Coordination doesn't factor in.
3: Back away. They're saying even if it's something that you agreed to beforehand. I in, don't know. In I, the I'm moment,
1: just, I'm just saying in that moment, watching that replay several times, I don't know because because those seats were very tight there, so it's not like you got a lot of room to to escape. So just in the moment, in a playoff game where you're hemmed in by other people, Mm-mm. I'm not sure I wouldn't screw it up myself. I can tell you 100. percent I would have stood up. And put my arms out
3: to keep other people from going for the ball. Not only would I have not gone for the ball, I would have been pushing other people back from going the ball. I can say that 100%. And without doubt, because like I said, I was screaming, get back, while that ball hung in the air for eternity.
2: I'll have you know that six weeks ago, we launched the all-new Score North on 1500 Mm -hmm. here and uh, we knew going in, we're building this thing from absolute scratch. No one knows what Score North is. We hope that when you listen to us on Score North uh-huh. that you are captivated and hooked, and we just started the show by doing 10 minutes
1: of Steve Bartman hindsight discussion. You're welcome. Yeah, it's all Harrison. Can I oh, can I ask one more question off what Phil said? Sure. We're already down this or, road. Or make yeah. one statement. Exit row, okay? Mm-hmm. In an airplane, it's great. Uh-huh. A lot of leg room. You're really comfortable. Jonathan, Phil, Rami. When they tell you, you know, hey, here's what you need to do and you need to read the pamphlet and help. God forbid you're on a plane where something goes wrong and you're in the exit row. Are you all into doing what you said you would do? Because I think I might bail. (laughs) (laughs) Like the doors, right? Like let's say, let's say you can get out first, and the door's right there. And and they're, 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 it's not like they can arrest you. If all hell breaks loose, well, I mean, are you really gonna? Are you really gonna help your fellow passengers, people who you don't know, while you have the opportunity to be the first out? I would like wow. to think. Okay,
2: I've played these. I'm so, I'm so happy you brought this up. So I've played out scenarios. In my head, like I'll play, I'm I'm cryptic. I play out scenarios all the time where if I'm on a plane, all right, if like if something happens, you know, if it's, God forbid, one of those 9-11 situations, like what, like not every time I'm on a plane, but I've played that out enough times or would I be the guy that gets up and like, let's do this, mm-hmm. right? Let's roll or yeah. let's ride or whatever it was. I've even played out, all right, if I'm, if it's at night and it's downtown Minneapolis and it's like I'm walking back to my car, I used to have to walk before they put all those, New buildings up when you're walking from Target Field to the parking lots over behind Fulton. Yeah, in like 2010, 12, it's kind of a dark, damp area, and I would always play out the scenario like somebody approached me. (laughs) 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 Right, I would because I've watched a Rocky movie before. So in my in my there's a disconnect between in my head. I think yeah, I'm that dude. Like I'm I'm going for it. And then the result would normally
1: be me dying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, please, whatever you want, don't hurt me. So I'm, I'm just curious if you guys would actually do what you basically agreed that you would do. I, I'm i a guy who's uh, pretty calm and cool under pressure in most situations and
3: can can kind of gather myself and try and solve a problem pretty immediately. But on an airplane, I'm totally useless on an airplane because I've told you guys this before. I'm a terrible flyer. So every time I need to fly somewhere, I go to my doctor and I get a cocktail of uh, Xanax, Benadryl, and Dramamine, and I take that. I have
2: it down. Uh, a lot of people don't consult their doctor
3: first.
1: So I consult You're my doctor. responsible <laughs> enough to consult look at, look at his look doctor. Jonathan, look at Jonathan. You just heard that cocktail. His face went, his eyes went crossed. That's aggressive. So if I take responsible that. Responsible
2: adult consults his doctor before he puts those things in so his So if I,
1: if I take that
3: half an hour before scheduled takeoff time, it, it it's the perfect window for me to actually be able to walk onto the plane and then fall asleep before the wheels ever hit the ground, and then I'll wake up when the wh- or before the wheels take up off the ground, and then I wake up when the wheels hit the ground, and it's like time travel. <laughs> I went
2: to sleep, but I woke up at a different place at a different time. Wait, so can you, like, based on how much, how, what is it again? It's Xanax, Xanax Benadryl, and Dramamine. Yeah. So are you able, like, if it's a four-hour flight versus a, you know, like a flight to Chicago or something... Yeah. Is it the same dosage? And if, I mean, hey, if it's a I, flight to Chicago, someone's gonna drag you around for the next three hours? I've never flown
3: less than four hours and never more
2: than six hours.
3: So I've only I've only used it in those in those situations. And it's perfect for that four to six hour window.
0: What happens if you have to deplane because something's wrong and you're just, like, knocked out cold? I hope they have, like, a furniture dolly or something. <laughs> I leave him. Um, I leave them and yeah. bail off the plane. <laughs> Robbie was a good guy, but, you hey, know, he did just, just... Did we uh, make it to Los Angeles? And, no, sir, you're still in Minneapolis. We're actually... The plane's in the dock now because you never woke up. Your,
2: your experience would have been terrible when I went to L.A. a couple weeks ago. And so it's supposed to be a three-and-a-half-hour flight. Yeah. It wound up being four and a half hours on the tarmac and then a three and a half. So it was like eight hours of in-air travel. So you would have woken up from your concoction and still been on the tarmac in the Twin Cities.
1: (laughs) I'd have more. I'd have more at the ready. I'd have more at the ready. How much of that can you mix and take uh, before they basically declare you dead?
3: don't know i've never i'm obviously i'm sitting here with you so i've never i've never found out and a few years ago so we i was we were going to spring training for my my previous uh employer and uh we i took that i took that cocktail and we flew to phoenix and we got off the plane and i woke up and like you know you're at spring training you're fired up. You're ready to go. You have this week in Arizona after you've been dealing with this crap for a while. So we go straight to the ballpark from the from the airport to the ballpark and forgetting and don't do this. I'm not saying this to brag. It's just kind of a funny story. Forgetting that I had all this stuff in my system, we go straight to the ballpark and start hitting the Bloody Marys and oh, the beers dude. and the Cigar. cigars. You were Tiger Woods. Yeah, it, was, it was bad. <laughs> so then we go to, we go to the car afterwards, and I'm supposed to be navigation guy. My co-host is going to drive. I'm going to pull up the Google Maps on the phone and be navigation guy. I get in the passenger seat. Before he even gets walks around the car to get into the driver's seat, I'm passed out. Knocked out. He tried to wake me up. I was not waking up. For some reason, he thought, let's go to the outlet mall. He dra- oh, no. <laughs> well, Wait, no. it gets better. He drags me to the outlet mall. I have no recollection of this whatsoever. I bought a real nice sweater. <laughs> it's what I'm... <laughs> It's one of my favorite, like a, like a turtle wreck, it's or? one of my favorite sweaters to this day i'll show when, when i'll wear it and I'll tell you guys that's the sweater' we're really looking forward to this yeah, and then uh so then we went back to the airbnb that we were staying in, and I swear I slept for tw- like as soon as we walked in, I flopped down on the couch in the airbnb that we were staying in and slept straight without getting up to go to the bathroom, anything like they were starting to worry about me for twenty straight hours snoring so loud that they couldn't get away from it. Like, nowhere in the house was safe for my snoring for 20 straight hours on that couch. We should have
2: sent Rami to spring training with
1: you, <laughs> Yeah, it would have been outstanding. I would have dragged him off the airplane, taken him right to an outlet mall in the fort. It would have been fantastic that he could have gone and slept for 20 straight like in it, the La Quinta. If it wasn't for the snoring,
2: I would, I would presume
1: dead body after about 10 or 12 hours, I think. So... It just sounds like a a trip, though, the fact that a a weird acid trip, like the fact that you were so drugged up, forgot, drank, and then I just love the fact that you randomly went, essentially, and bought a sweater. In Arizona. Who buys
2: a sweater in Arizona? Playing the Grateful Dead the whole time. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami, and Jonathan's our producer. Uh, for now. Sorry about that last 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. No one will
2: ever get it back. Where to go, Jonathan? Uh well when we Thank come you. back here, we have to get to a Judd conspiracy theory. Also Anthony Barr and Teddy Bridgewater rumors that are very interesting Ooh. that we can talk about. And uh later on, it's write that down Friday. So top of the five o'clock hour for the live audience or top of hour two if you're on demand. Uh, write that down. We'll be filled with all of our predictions and
1: an accountability session. But, Judd, if people want tickets to sporting events, I bet you know a place. I do indeed, and that is SeatGeek, and that is SeatGeek.com. All right, so here's the deal. We're supposed to get snowed on, right? It's going to be 6 to 10 inches. It's going to be a nuisance. But there have got to be those of you out there saying, bleep the snow. I'm getting in my car, and I'm doing something this weekend. I'm going to find something to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to a sporting event. All right. The place to go right now to secure tickets because you don't care. You're going to go out on Saturday. You're going to go out on Sunday. You don't care. SeatGeek.com. In fact, I'm right now glancing at things that they deem to be popular this weekend. I'm looking at the Minnesota State High School Hockey Tournament. I'm looking at Knicks at Timberwolves tickets for March 10th. $20 $20 on up. I'm looking at go for hockey tickets against Michigan, $44 and down from that. So you don't care. You're going to go to SeatGeek.com. You're going to buy these tickets, and you're going to a game in the next couple of days. SeatGeek, what they do is they pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find those seats that you want for the price that you're willing to pay. SeatGeek, designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. And as I said, all you have to do, go to SeatGeek.com. You'll see all of the ticket-buying options by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. Guess what? SeatGeek helps you find the best seats that fit your budget plus every purchase fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. SeatGeek, your go-to source for sports, yes. Concerts, yes. Comedy, yes. Theater, yes. And best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. That's right, you save money. All you got to do, download that SeatGeek app, enter the promo code Judd today, that's promo code J-U-D-D, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, you're going to get out, and SeatGeek has your tickets. What? He broke nearly every bone in his body, tried to jump a canyon in a rocket, wore a jumpsuit. Call him Daredevil, but don't call him Bob, which was his real name. Ride on, Evil Knievel.
2: Gritty. Score North presents the grittiest Grittiest. Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Saluting the grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. Vote every day this week on
3: Score North Twitter. Full bracket available on scorenorth.com.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. We've got Write That Down coming up shortly in about a half hour because it is a Friday on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. But let's, uh, it's not quite free agency time. That's next week.
1: However, reckless speculation.
2: There's all kinds of NFL news and news that pertains to Vikings. And just before we dive into some of this, next week. All across Score North on Purple Daily, all of our Score North Viking shows on Score North Live with Matthew Collar, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and even special chunks of the evening and morning, Free Agency Frenzy Bonanza overtaking this building. And we are, we're pumped to do some live video shows. We're pumped to be all over whatever the Vikings do or don't do or should do in Free Agency. We are going to have a ton of fun with it next week. On the all new Score North, so uh, report number one from a couple different places, Anthony Barr, and we'll find out officially about his status with the Vikings. I would think here uh, early next week, right? Don't they? Is Monday is pretty much the day we're going to find out? Judd, is that that's the deadline? Is it not? Yes. Yeah. So. Yep. Because uh, they, they didn't franchise him, so they have until, I think, Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock to offer him a long-term extension, or he becomes a free agent. And mm-hmm. the New York Jets are the team that just popped up yep. and have said they're willing to back up the Brinks truck for Anthony Barr. So if the Vikings let him hit free agency, in theory, could they still sign him on, like, Wednesday? If, let's say yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah so yeah. they could
1: still sign him. But, but he was... When they didn't extend him last year, he was gone. Yeah. He was... If if you look at how this team has traditionally operated since the Wills bought the team in 2005, if you are a player of his stature and they like you, they sign you to a long-term extension a year before. So I think the second that he didn't get signed last July, he was gone. And I think that, unlike, we've talked about Kyle Rudolph,
3: who if they offer him to renegotiate or send him packing... He won't get the type of value that he's getting the type of contract that he's getting here with the Vikings. Anthony Barr, whether it's the Jets or somebody else, somebody is going to Absolutely. shell out some big bucks for that guy. Yeah. No matter no matter what Vikings fans think of him and some inconsistencies, somebody's going to shell out some
2: big bucks for Anthony Barr. Yeah. Uh, additional former Viking news. So If you're wondering why why did Brad Childress quit his job as a head coach in the AAF? Well. According to multiple reports, Brad Childress expected to return to the Bears as a senior offensive assistant. That really? news came out today. Tom Pelissero, I think, was now, was the first
1: to to have that. Now he I texted earlier today. All giddy about it. He had refreshed my memory on this one. He had worked for the Chiefs, Randy. He retired right from that job. Didn't Nagy then hire him very briefly as an offensive assistant yeah, I was with the say, Bears?
3: And I had forgotten about it he, until I heard you read that report. I remember him being linked to the Bears last. I year. I think when, he took the job when Nagy got hired. I, yeah. think,
1: I think he took the job and then he resigned from that job to take the Atlanta job. Okay, interesting. So Brad and Brad Childress and Matt Nagy. It's it says if you had. You know they have those
2: renderings of like. Well, oh, that's his dad. If yeah. the child were to grow up and look like this when yeah. he's sixty, yeah. like Matt Nagy, how old's Matt Nagy? Forty. Yeah, he's a younger like guy. Some around forty is like looks like brad childress at 40 and (laughs) brad childress looks like matt nagy when he gets old yeah i could definitely see (laughs) matt nagy aging into brad childress i could definitely definitely see that and i'm trying to find for this next one here i'm trying to find who reported this but because i can't scroll fast enough through my twitter feed it's It's just reckless it's just gonna have to
1: fall under yeah Yeah, come come on. on let's not reckless
2: Speculation. So word was Nick Foles to the Jaguars was percolating, mm-hmm. if not even close to done, right? Like, is that even possible, though? Are they? It's just that they've been tampering, and because we're not to the legal tampering window. So yeah, it's just like from the combine, care. right? Yeah, we don't care about that. But there's been some rumblings that said, whoa, hold off. Nick Foles to the Jaguars is not a done deal. The Jaguars also have a ton of interest in Teddy
1: Bridgewater. You know what? I think if you search this, I think that's my write that down, a pending write that down. Oh, that
2: that's what's being picked up
1: in the reports? Or that? No, 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 oh. no. I think I predicted, <laughs> okay. to, to tease
3: that our Bridgewater 5 o'clock segment, the Jaguars? I
1: believe I predicted and write that down months ago that he would land in Jacksonville. That's interesting. You did, actually. I, I yes. found that earlier today. Oh, boy. Yes. that's worth some extra basis. And
2: if that I'll tell you, here it is. Uh, this is from... Yep, here it is. This is from, it's an Adam Schefter report. So interesting note from Adam Schefter just reported the Jaguars are also interested in free agent quarterback Teddy Bridgewater and that Nick Foles is not a done deal yet. So some of this might be leverage, but, you know, if 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 you're the Jaguars and you can bring in a Nick, I, my guess is Nick Foles in free agency is going to cost you $20 million. Like someone's going to pay. It's gonna, yes. I don't know if Teddy's going to get that $20 million no. type deal, right? Because he hasn't started for three or four years. This seems odd to say because of the
3: the level of quarterback play in the NFL right now, and some of it's downright bad. But when you look at the market for quarterbacks and teams that are actually looking for a new quarterback right now, it's not the best year to be Nick Foles and hitting the free agent market. There's only four or five teams in the NFL right now who are seriously looking at finding a new starting quarterback. It's weird to say, like I said, because you see some bad quarterback play when you turn on your TV Sunday to Sunday. But really, if you think about it, there's four or five teams looking to change starting quarterbacks For week one of 2019, so that we're not talking about a draft pick here. When it comes to Nick Foles and Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know that the market is that great or that you'll have to spend the type of dollars that you normally do on the free agent market because there isn't a lot of competition.
1: Who is Nick Foles, too? That's my question. It's deep. This guy, well, it's true, though, because this guy was a starter in Philly. That is deep. Got (laughs) traded, got traded. Darn near retired because things went so sideways for him. Went back to Kansas City, I think, to play for Reed as a backup. Went back to Philadelphia. Had the great success off the bench. But who is Nick Foles if you put him in as a starter? And and to Phil's point, if you pay him, so you're not going to get him. There's not going to be a cut rate deal on Nick Foles now. Are you getting a, a as close to guarantee as you can? No. Or are you basically banking on the fact that this guy who performed great under pressure but unexpected pressure can do it this time?
3: I'm not as sold on Nick Foles as a lot of people are. And
1: That's why I ask deep questions, Rob.
3: When, when the story first broke and it looked like it was a sure thing that he was going to Jacksonville, my first thought was... <laughs> Judd's flexing for the cameras. Okay, okay, great. They're still an under 500 football team. I don't think... He's a good quarterback. I've said this about Kirk Cousins before. He's not he's not terrible, but he's not he's not so good. He's not so talented that he can do it almost on his own no matter who you surround him with. He's good and if if you surround him with the right people and put him in the right system, you'll get the most out of him, but he's not going to mm-hmm. carry a franchise to to great success. He's not that dude. All right, I've got I have a
2: a, a Nick Foles comparison. Okay. When I say it you guys are going to be like, mm, "What?" But stick with me here. I think he's Pablo Sandoval. Not physically. <laughs> what? Excuse not me? the way he looks. Uh, exactly. Huh? But you guys, Rami, help, help me. You guys remember Pablo Sandoval? Yeah, so from he Panda. Was third baseman yeah. from the Giants. Yeah, he went to the Reds, signed that big... Swung his belt buckle right off. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I remember him. Hey, that's happened so, to everyone, okay? So here's the story of Pablo Sandoval. Tell me if it fits the story potentially of Nick Foles. Okay. Pablo Sandoval comes in. Has a lot of success early in the regular season. So he comes in right away, and one of his first full years with the Giants in the regular season was 330 batting average, 25 home runs. Giants go to the World Series. Yeah, and, he was awesome that year. And he I was incredible that. in the, he actually finished seventh in MVP voting in mm-hmm. 2009 for the Giants. Yeah. Regular season performance drops off. His, and he kind of becomes kind of a backup and not an everyday player, but. Performs he got really fat. well in these. You're leaving that part out. He, got he did get really, really fat. Yeah, and and Nick Foles is not fat, mm-hmm. but he performs really well when when the chips are on the table in the postseason. So it's this sort of he has a great start, then his performance peters off, but he still gives you what in the postseason at those peak moments, and he cashes in on like a six-year, fifteen million dollar a year deal with the Red Sox because he was a World Series MVP or whatever he mm-hmm. was, right? So they paid for man, this guy's clutch. You get a game six, and it's the World Series, and and this guy's going to hit bombs, and he's going to drive in runs, not thinking about the bigger picture the long term. Nick Foles comes in, and he put, he put like 29 touchdowns and two interceptions in that first year as a starter under Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. and then his, his performance in the regular season leveled off, kind of you know, becomes a backup, and I get that he went to a different team and then came back, but Someone's going to pay him based on, whoa, he's clutch when it matters in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs or in the last month of the regular season. And they're going to give him money based on that. And I don't know if he's the total package over 16 games and then whatever you get in the postseason. I think you got to be careful paying athletes based on their peak
1: clutch moments in the postseason if they don't do it in the regular season, too how did Pablo Sandoval's name pop into your head for that comparison? <laughs> I am far more interested in that. I, and the it's and not a King's bad baseball trivia. I'm not even insulting the, the comparison because it might be right, but of all the human beings in the world as we're talking about a quarterback, Pablo Sandoval.
2: Just a question. Uh, I channeled my inner Manny Hill with that one. I was going to a random one. name. No, I mean, like, <laughs> when I think of guys who got paid based on small sample size yeah. success because they're clutch. Oh, guys, yeah, like, right. like the most clutch hitter, earmuffs for Ramy on this one, one of the most clutch hitters in baseball postseason history statistically is Scott Spezio, mm. based on what he did with the Cardinals a couple times. And like, it what would be happening with today's show? <laughs>
1: what, what? <There's laughs> some kind of a look on your face. Whenever the Cardinals are brought up, there some kind of agreement, made priceless. amongst do you, do you that we're, the, that we're the just going to of walk off hit again. No, we don't want to oh, hear that. Oh, I no, we, we
0: don't
2: want to hear that. David freeze is another one. Like if you were to give yep. David freeze a contract based on, Oh my, he hit a home run in game six. So, um, so Scott Spezio <laughs> might as well be Nick Foles. Scott Spezio in the postseason has a nine, 10 OPS and homered in the uh, the for the for the Angels in the 2002 World Series had a clutch homer. Was it in Game Seven? I want to say, and also helped uh, the Cardinals in postseason. And Good Mike, for him. But no one paid him. Oh, okay. Scott spezio <laughs>
1: You can't get past your. You've lost, Rami. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. Nick Foles is Scott Spezio Nick Foles is Pablo Sandoval. Don't you have baseball. a football player you could convert
0: to? <laughs> what is it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's Robert Ori. He, there you go. It's still not football, but there you go. Who's, a, who's a hockey comparison? Who's guy?
1: Oh, I. Stu Bickle. Blackhawks. He's, he's Stu Bickle. Okay. Not that Bickle. really clear. Okay. Great playoff. All right. He's Blackhawks. That's your club. <laughs> I thought you might know Blackhawks. If I have a club, I guess. Yep. Oh.
2: Um, if oh. Teddy Bridgewater went to the Jaguars, they would immediately be a better team. I don't. I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady, but he's he's miles better if he's healthy
1: than Blake Bortles. That's the key, though. I've got to see this. We we have not seen this yet. This man's leg snapped in two, basically. Right. So so if Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that he was here in what 2015 or 16, 16 I think, uh, then yes, then they're in good shape. But is he? I have no clue, and we don't know. And I am going to be very curious to see what his contract is, and if the team that signs him gets a good insurance policy behind him. Because what if you get, I don't know, a month into training camp, and it's like oh, he doesn't have it now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't if he had torn his ACL or something; he'd be playing by now, and it would be absolutely fine. But when you suffer that catastrophic of injury as he did, you really don't know. Yeah,
2: um, I root for him. I hope he catches on somewhere. Ooh. And I actually have a, a Teddy Bridgewater write that down prediction for Do you him now? on the show. Not really? Gonna, not going to top the one that's about to come true for me. The Jaguars
1: one? Yeah, that's going to be a triple, I think. Um, I feel like I got to come up with one now. You got 20 minutes. All right. Teddy Bridgewater minutes. will end his career with the St. Louis Cardinals
2: after switching sports <laughs> <laughs> and hit bombs against the Cubs in the playoff. It'll be hilarious. Right. And Ronnie will cry.
1: You know what? <laughs> Just <resign>. <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday. Uh, You fired yourself on a Friday. That's the day to do it. it One one of my favorite things
2: is when we have like a prep email thread going back and forth. And uh, and Judd responds with, I have a conspiracy theory about this. That's always fun. Judd has a conspiracy theory when we come back. And write that down predictions at 5 o'clock today. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And uh, it's, it, wow, look, the timing of that was perfect. That was amazing. The music stops. That look great. At Jonathan. <laughs> Mic drop traffic report. Finally did something from... right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right.
0: We'll check the ratings on segment one. <laughs>
2: oh, snap. Um, so uh, I, I was going to bed last night. and it's, I feel like it's pretty rare that big news in the NFL breaks at midnight. The, I don't know if it's by design or not, but the NFL has done a great job of giving you big-time news when it can be full frenzy. Right, in And prime time. Exactly. And they've even moved, like, next week, 10 years ago, at midnight, Albert Hainsworth signed with somebody three minutes into the free agency period, and the NFL said two things. One, okay, that's weird. You're not supposed to be talking with teams. Two, like, well, if this is going to happen, let's, let's put it in the middle of the day so people can go crazy, right? right? Yeah. But last night at 11.30, I want to say, 11, 11.30, sometimes central time, News leaks out, Ian Rapoport, I want to say, mm-hmm. that it was. Antonio Brown was headed via trade to the Buffalo Bills. So I went to bed thinking, oh, well, have fun, buddy. Now you're playing in Buffalo. That really does seem like exile, doesn't it?
3: The, and Green Bay used to be that place. Like People yeah. used to say that Green Bay was like Siberia, and if you got sent there, it was a punishment. I think Buffalo is that place now in the NFL is the, it not like when the, yeah. when a player wants out and you you you're you're going to you're going to oblige but you're not going to make him happy doing it we'll just send you to buffalo
2: i believe it was our friend sage rosenfels who said he once had he listed all the teams 1 through 32 that he would i think he tweeted this last night that he would want to play for or live in the city of and the buffalo bills were number 32 yeah and it would have been so you wake up in the morning and it sounds like that didn't happen, that it's it, it maybe there's discussions, but Antonio Brown is still a stealer. It would have been funny if they hilariously traded him against his will to Buffalo. <laughs> and so that's where the news was. And uh, Judd chimed in and said, guys, I have a
1: conspiracy theory about this. I do. And I love when Judd has conspiracy theories well, the best. This is the time of year when when you're inclined to believe almost everything that you hear Because there's so many lies out there and there's so much going on that you think to yourself, okay, he got traded to Buffalo. I don't know. But the conspiracy theory is very simple. What if this was a plant within the Steelers organization to try and find out who a leak is? So let's say I'm the GM. Kevin Colbert, I believe his name is. Mm -hmm. And Rami works with me. And Rami's important to what we're doing here, but he's Thank certainly you. expendable. Appreciate it. Wait. And so I tell Rami, hey, Rami, don't tell anybody, but we have traded or we've agreed to trade Antonio Brown to the Buffalo Bills because I think that you're talking to Ian Rapoport or Schefter, perhaps. And that comes out almost immediately. Now I know that you're the leak and, right. I'm, and I'm going to fire you. So that's what I wondered if if there were talks with Buffalo. So it's not implausible. There were talks. Something happened there. It's not. It's not like it's a complete lie. But I gave you the, it's basically done. I see that tweet. I now know that you are the leak. And the NFL, among many things, NFL executives hate leaks. I'm convinced that Spielman has done exactly this. So I love this conspiracy theory.
2: So you're convinced that Spielman
1: has done this. Has for done the, the same court. type of thing, not not this one, but he has done this before.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it, it would be if we reverse engineered this, it would be the perfect way to sniff out a leak, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Rami, uh,
2: don't tell anybody this, but uh, we just sent Antonio Brown to the Buffalo Bills. It's a done deal. We're just waiting on the physical. It's hilarious. Don't tell anybody. And then you go tell Judd over here. Guess what? Oh. <laughs> We just sent Antonio Brown to the Packers. Oh, it's hilarious. He's living Green Bay now, right? And like now you see it's it's it's, it's the departed, right? It's the movie The Departed with Jack Love that movie. Jack uh, oh, Nicholson, Nicholson and yeah. and uh Leo DiCaprio. Didn't somebody trick
3: Jerry CalAngelo into revealing that he was he was the leaker, the burner account, when that whole thing came out last year with the 76ers. Uh, Brian Colangelo. Brian Colangelo. I'm sorry. Didn't didn't somebody trick him on Twitter into basically re- exposing himself as, as, the, as the guy who was running the burner account or the leak inside the 76ers I don't remember the
1: specifics about how he got caught, but there were obvious little... That sounds right, links. though. Something yeah. definitely did uh, transpire there. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, so my conspiracy theory is that this trade was never really done. It was it was perhaps discussed. Mm-hmm. It was at some point dead, but it's a way to find out. Because this time of year, you got a lot of potential leaks. You but, know, this is where the NFL and the NBA, these guys all want
2: guaranteed contracts, and they want as much as they can get and long-term deals. But the shorter the contract's life or term, the more leverage actually goes to the player, because now the player can say, this is why it didn't make sense off the bat, if so... I, Antonio Brown, it's not like he has ten years left on a contract. I think he can become a free agent within the next couple of years. Right? He has,
3: I think he has three years left on the deal, but basically none of it is guaranteed. Okay. And he's looking to
2: amend that. So he could very easily say I'm not coming to camp. I'm just yeah, like there's zero chance I play for you. I'll do exactly what Le'Veon Bell just did. I'll sit out the whole season. So you now now the Buffalo Bills had to figure out well, do we want to trade a draft pick for that if we don't yeah. know? In the NBA. If you've got a year and a half left on your contract and you're Anthony Davis, you get to decide by flat out saying, I want to go to the Lakers. If you were to flat out say, I want to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. If you're the Pelicans, I mean, you have two options. Trade him to the Lakers for whatever the Lakers want to give you or trade him to another team for one year. And then that team knowing that, well, we're only getting one year. We're not going to give you anything for Anthony Davis. I didn't think about...
3: Judd's conspiracy theory. Till I heard Judd say it, They hadn't crossed my mind. I assumed, but that's very possible. I assumed that when I woke up this morning and saw the trade actually didn't happen, that what you just talked about is what played out. Phil, that the the two the two teams had basically agreed to terms of a trade, and that leaked out, and then the Bills called Antonio Brown, and he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not playing for you." <laughs> that's not gonna which is happen. very possible.
1: Yeah, that's possible too. So so the problem with Brown at this point in Pittsburgh is let's say that Pittsburgh will take a third round pick. But it sounds like Antonio Brown if he if and when he's traded is immediately going to say I want a new contract, multi-year, and it also sounds like he's saying I want it fully guaranteed which Cousins is the only guy, and he he plays a position that is considered a very special position. So what are you going to get here for Brown as far as teams that he's going to go to? Because if he immediately turns around and says, I will go to the Packers, that's fine, third-round pick, that's fine. But bang, I'm going into Green Bay, and i got to get a three-year or five-year contract, and I want it fully guaranteed. If you're the Packers... Are you going to set that precedent for that position? I don't know if he's looking
3: for a fully guaranteed contract. That may be what he's putting out there right now because we know how negotiations work. You start really high, they start really low, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. So he may be saying he's looking for a fully guaranteed contract. I think what Antonio Brown wants is assurances that he's going to be financially taken care of and that this contract that he currently has, which, like I said, three years left with basically no guaranteed money so a team Mm -hmm. can cut him loose, Anytime they want in the next three years with no cap hit whatsoever, he doesn't He doesn't want to be beholden to an organization in that way. He wants some guarantees that he's going to get a substantial
2: amount of guaranteed money. Okay, let's say the Buffalo thing came to fruition and Josh Allen is his quarterback. And Josh Allen's known more for his running than his throwing at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mostly a disaster throwing the ball. And Antonio Brown is... He's not, I'm not going to put him in the same sentence as Jerry Rice quite yet, but he is one of the three to five best receivers of all time. And he's certainly the best receiver in the NFL in this current era. And maybe it was Calvin Johnson in the previous era, Randy Moss before him and et cetera. Is he good enough to take a dude like Josh Allen? Like if so, Antonio Brown goes for what? 1400 yards every year, 1600 yards every year. And and I'm sure he's elevated Ben Roethlisberger. If Ben Roethlisberger's going to the Hall of Fame, he can thank Antonio Brown in some ways mm-hmm. for helping him put up some numbers and and whatnot. But like, what kind of numbers does he put up with a Josh Allen in Buffalo? Is it is it still a thousand
1: yards? I'm so. Because there's not very many wide receivers who elevate quarterbacks. It's prob- he would be one of them. It's probably 1,000 yards because he'd be thrown to so damn much. Right. Uh, but I but I would ask this question in the history of, of this league. If you go back and look, how many instances can we find where, where even a Hall of Fame type Pro Bowl receiver took a quarterback who was just a guy, not that good, and made him successful? I mean, Randy Moss did it like four times. But Ma- old Randall Cunningham, old Jeff George, yeah. But those, but those guys had a chemistry with with him. And I'll go back to when Moss got traded to the Raiders; it was a disaster. And, and yes, I think Moss was probably not fully engaged in that situation. But I also think his quarterback simply couldn't get him the ball. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know what the answer to is, is if you take a quarterback and let's just, let's just say he's not good. Let's say that Allen's not going to be good. He can run a little bit. He can throw a little bit, but he really can't throw. And that's his career. I don't think there's any receiver who can take that guy and be like, I'm going to make you. Yeah. I don't think he'll, he'll make him a pro bowler or or a legendary
3: quarterback by any means. But are you guys both, Ready to write off Josh Allen after one year that he's no. not he's not a good quarterback I'm, I'm and not, won't be. Well, not, he's, but i but he's
2: terrible to this point.
3: But it's I think been...
1: the question I think the question's intriguing, which, which is if you if you play that position and you're saddled with a quarterback who flat out is not that good, can you take that guy? No,
3: if he if he's not that good, then Antonio Brown can't make him a great quarterback single handedly. But I think that if Josh Allen progresses and naturally on his own. And you, sure. Yeah. And, and you throw an Antonio Brown in the mix, then he's, and, it, yeah. it, and it, it accelerates
1: that process of him progressing. But Greg Jennings committed, un- unfortunately for him, career suicide by signing here, and he was convinced he he was convinced by the fact that he had had so much success with with Rodgers in Green Bay that he was going to come here, and he really thought in his head, "All right, Kristen Ponder's not that good, but I can make him," and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. No way. And, and Greg Jennings was certainly not a great player. He was a very good player at one time, but to the point, you know, him, him being convinced I can go there and make this work. It's not true.
2: The, uh, the, the guy that I feel the sorriest for in that regard of, all right, quarter, how good is a wide receiver and how much does he need a quarterback? And that, so Larry Fitzgerald has had some really bad, he's, he's had a couple years of Kurt Warner and he's had a couple years of decent Carson Palmer He also had a year or two where like John Skelton was the was the number one quarterback throwing to him. And I just wonder like how career if if Larry Fitzgerald had played with competent quarterbacks his entire career, right? I mean, if Antonio Brown goes away from Big Ben and winds up with it's the next six years of his career and it's just backup caliber quarterbacks that can, you know, Jerry Rice was great. He also had Joe Montana. And if if Jerry Rice had played for the New York Jets instead, yeah. and had like Ken O'Brien or whoever the hell were the Jets quarterbacks in the 1990s, right? Mm-hmm. It's different. Vinny Testaverde Absolutely. maybe at the end of his career. Uh, so Larry Fitzgerald, um, just just pulling it up out of curiosity here. So he had there on Football Reference, you can look and see like which of your of your touchdown receptions, uh, like who threw you the most touchdown passes. And uh, Kurt Warner's at the top with 39, and then Carson Palmer 28, and then it's like the other half of his touchdowns: Josh McCown, John Skelton, Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. Kevin Cobb, Matt Leinart, Derek Anderson, Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, Ugh. John Navarre, Sean King.
1: And he's still good, but but a <laughs> lot of those teams. Were what if you replace that with
2: Joe Montana's right. prime? Right. right, but
1: but and and his career is still very good. But a lot of those teams then that you went through were absolute, you know, awful teams. Yeah, And so I don't think it's possible. It's not that the receiver is going to be a complete failure, but I don't know that you can take a quarterback like Cobb, right? I don't know that you could take him and prop him up enough to be like, okay, we're okay. I don't think you can. Yeah. You guys want to make some predictions? I'm ready. Come back here. I've written things down.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. We got to get clarification on a jug related prediction from last week too. So we'll need you to stay in the room and clarify something. For okay. Us. okay. Okay. All right. Fair yes. enough. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and ScoreNorth.com, powered in part by Luther Brookdale Toyota, which is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. My fam- family and I have been going to the same same uh, set of people, same place for 30 plus years. Going all the way back to the 1980s when I was just uh, a conversation over drinks between my parents. That's how long my family's been going to Luther Brookdale Toyota? <laughs> were you drinking too? No, it was a converse like before I was born. A conversation over drinks. Never mind. Right, makes sense. And before you were
3: conceived too, right? Because drinks shouldn't be happening once. No, like okay, all right. that's a good point because that could be dangerous. Right. Seems yeah. like it's Thank getting you.
0: really graphic for a yeah. commercial but, here. Okay.
2: So um, you can find the best service department in the Twin Cities on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard where they will greet you immediately when you, uh, you drive your car into the garage area and they will give you the best care and the best expertise in town. I'm not really a car guy. Got to admit it. So I like the peace of mind of having Luther Brookdale Toyota handle those things on my behalf. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com to find out more. Write that down. Predictions next.